Today I discuss why I personally don't trust the experts on COVID because they keep changing their minds all the time. Remember how the child separation policy under Donald Trump was a huge issue? Well, it seems that it's perfectly fine to separate children from their parents as long as we do it in the name of government-sanctioned education. Parents and kids, this episode is for you. Welcome to your favorite night of the week. Is the deep end on Timet Live. Tuesday night, your favorite of the week. Admit it, admit it, admit it. And like the video and subscribe and click the notification bell so that you can always get notified on your smart device when we go live. This is the deep end where we talk about news, culture, politics, what's happening in the world and what's happening in your life and how it affects, how what's happening in the world affects your life, okay? By the way, got a new hoodie on. Don't you love it? It's the Tim Hatch Live hoodie. Might be available for you soon on the website, timhatchlive.com. But it is the deep end, season five, episode 15. And I am your humble host, Tim Hatch. And I'm so glad that you're here. I'm excited, though, to talk about parents and kids because it's a big thing in my life. I am a parent of kids. And it's important for so many of you. I know there's a lot of parents who watch this show with their kids. And I want to say thumbs up okay but we've got a new segment today that's going to deal with something that has been driving us all crazy for two years i'm excited about this segment got a new video get it all lined up for you this is cool it's a new segment called covid crazy watch this we've been patient but our patience is wearing thin people should not be walking around with masks yes Uh, the CDC, Dr. Fauci, the experts are always changing their minds, aren't they? I'm going to put this up on the screen. I'm just going to leave it there for a second. Take a look. Okay. If you're listening to the show, uh, the picture on the left says, quote, CDC does not recommend general public wear N95 masks. Here's why. That's from an article in January 2021. Fast forward 12 months, January 2022, the CDC recommends N95 masks, but where can you get them? (laughs) Oh, the science. Isn't it fun when science just keeps shifting back and forth, back and forth? So, you know, this is what has been happening for two years. It's infuriating. It's driving us nuts. It's it's hypnotic. I swear that's what your culture is doing to you right now. That's what the experts are trying to do to you. They just go one end to the other. Trust us. We know what we're doing. We will take care of you. And it's just like, you know, one day, uh, Dr. Fauci is saying things like this. People should not be walking around with masks. Yeah, you shouldn't be walking around masks. And then the next day, or just about five months later, he'll say... Masks are not theater. Yeah, so you got to wear your masks. And I share this stuff because it's hurting people. It's hurting people. It's driving the rest of us nuts. And the people that it's hurting are who I care about because there's a lot of innocent hearts out there, a lot of innocent minds out there that will just blindly follow whatever Dr. Fauci has, whatever he says, oh, must be true, must be true. And it's amazing how the the entire segment of the population from the 1960s who were all about rebel against the government, don't trust government, don't trust the corporations, don't trust big money, don't trust anybody, are now, they have all those things. They own the government, they own the corporations, they own big tech, and now they're just totally fine with uh, totalitarianism as long as it's their brand. Am I right? 
and is hurting people. So this past weekend, there was a march, two marches in Washington, D.C. There was a March for Life, which has been happening for 40 years uh, in the name of the pro-life movement. And God bless the people. Hundreds of thousands of people showed up on Washington, D.C. Uh, to march for the pro-life cause. Ironically, at the same time, there was another march happening about the vaccine mandates and fighting against them saying my body, my, cho my choice, which is kind of ironic because the pro-abortion argument is my body, my choice, and the pro-life argument hates that. But now the pro-life people, some of them don't like the vaccine, so they like pro the idea of my body, my choice. But anyway, COVID has broken the world, right? So this from the weekend, there was a lady who was protesting the people protesting the vax mandates. If you can keep up, good for you. And I want to put this on the screen because this is what the title of the video is from a rapid fire pod. Look at this. A woman who shares she's dealing with a vaccine injury says she's waiting to heal so she can get her booster. Here's the video. Okay, so that's from this week's COVID crazy because <laughs> these poor people are getting just manipulated. They're getting indoctrinated and no one uh, is saying anything from the powers that be because you know what? It doesn't matter. The big farmers making money. Billionaires are being produced. The government is in cahoots with big tech uh, to, you know, protect the narrative at all costs, all in the name of health. And by the way, I mean, I hate to say it, I hate to point it out, but I got to, I mean, look at the lady, honestly, uh, COVID is not her greatest threat. I'm just being honest. Okay. There is a serious case to be made and has been made on this show regularly that if we don't take care of our bodies physically, we will be susceptible to all kinds of viruses and sicknesses that could kill us. And instead of learning that lesson, the poor lady's just like, I'll take however many boosters they want. So that's this week in COVID Crazy, brought to you by Lord and Savior, Dr. Anthony Fauci. There's no reason to be walking around with a mask. When you're in the middle of an outbreak, wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better, and it might even block a, a droplet, but it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. Shifting gears, we got to get to a segment that I love to do um, about ridiculous things in the news. Remember the arguments against gay marriage and how they were so vilified? One of the arguments was made like this. Well, if you allow two men to get married, well, what's to stop people from marrying their sister and their brother? And then and then some people would go so far as to say, well, what's to stop me from marrying my dog or my animal, right? You know, and people would say, don't be ridiculous. Then we'll never get to that level, right? And then, the, and then the same argument goes for transgenderism. Like, what's to stop someone, if you can transition from male to female, what's to stop st someone from transitioning from human to different species. And, and that brings me to this segment called Ridiculous News. Let's get to something ridiculous. Ridiculous. Okay, news from Michigan. News from Michigan. Uh, Midland Public Schools in Michigan, Midland, Michigan, held a school board meeting and a topic came up about someone finding a litter box in a unisex bathroom at one of their facilities. Yes, <laughs> a litter box. Uh, so there's this woman that shows up at the, at the school board meeting and she's 
trying to address this and she's concerned. Like, finally, this woman wakes up to the fact, maybe there is a litter box. And are they telling the kids to embrace some kind of um, transspeciesism? Uh, kids are calling themselves furries. This is a real thing, by the way. Kids are calling themselves furries. I'm going to get to the news item in just a moment. But anyway, the, the woman shows up to express her concern at the school board meeting. Here's that video. The agenda that is being pushed through our schools is um, just my opinion, but somewhat nefarious when it comes to some of the um, activities. So let's talk about fury, furries. <laughs> it was addressed by a child uh, a couple months ago that they are put in an environment where there are kids that are that identify as a furry, a cat or a dog, whatever. And so yesterday I heard that at least one of our schools in our town has a in one of the unisex bathrooms a litter box for the kids that identify as cats. And um, I am really disturbed by that. And I, I will do some more investigation on that. I know it's going on nationwide. I know it is. It's part of the agenda that's being pushed. I don't, I don't even want to understand it. But I think that people need to be aware of it because I am really upset as a parent that my child is put in an environment like that. Anyway, she goes on and on. Um, seems that it wasn't actually true. Uh, the superintendent of the schools of Midland Public Schools in, in uh, Michigan came out and forcibly denied these rumors. There was no litter box. And uh, you can be rest assured, parents, he called it unconscionable that he even had to address it. It didn't happen. But this woman had to show up at the board meeting to talk about it. It makes headlines across all kinds of news outlets. I was going to talk about it as if it was true today but I'd had to tell you the truth because even this, <laughs> this rumor had to be defended or fought against by the heralded New York Times. They had to publish a piece, I kid you not, litter boxes for students who identify as furries? Not so, says school official. Like the New York Times had to take this on and it made me think, here's where we are. <laughs> even if it's not true, even if it's not true, and I have my doubts that it's totally not untrue. Does that make sense? I have my doubts that it's, I have my doubts that it might be true, even though everybody's fighting to say it's untrue. But here's where we are. We're at the point in culture, in American culture, where a litter box is found in a bathroom and people immediately, immediately identify this as, oh, this is to help kids who identify as furries. <laughs> and then the New York Times says, no, 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 because it's absolutely ridiculous. But we're that we're there. We're like we're starting to defend the insane. The, we're, we're starting to defend the insane. Ten years ago, if someone found a litter box in a school, we would assume that the janitor had a cat and snuck it in, you know, because he just wanted to bring his cat to work that day or, or, or she let's be gender neutral. She wanted to bring her cat into work that day. Or we assume the kid was playing a prank on one of his classmates, but that was then and this is now, where schools have literally lost their mind. And today, the first assumption when we see a litter box in a bathroom at a public school is, oh my word, some of the kids are transspecies and we need to protect their sensitivities. It's slippery slope madness and it's making our lives more and more bizarre and it just gets crazier and crazier, am I right? <laughs> so we, we have to talk about the schism right now. We have to talk about the school system because parents, you got to be alert to what's happening in the public schools. And that's what I'm here to do here on The Deep End. And that's why this show is on the air. And I hope I help you with this episode, this edition of The Deep End Commentary. When you don't know what to do. 
Okay, this edition of the Deep End Commentary is going to deal with the school schism. All the news today points to a very real undercurrent in American education. The government wants your kids. Repeat after me. The government wants my kids. Yeah, the government wants your kids. They do. That's why they want to push for this huge budget, and I think most of it passed or some of it passed, under President Biden to pay for, not really uh, get free, but pay for free preschool for your children as young as two, and then college education through two years or community college education paid for <laughs> by the taxpayers. They want your children. They want more time with your children. They want to let you go off to work and make your money and feel valuable because you have a job instead of valuable because you have kids. And they've really done this con job on American parents because the culture, the media, the entertainment have all programmed us, especially moms, to believe you're nobody until you're somebody in the workplace. So moms having children, that's just boring snooze alert. And so really what you have to do is you have to go out there and get a job and make a lot of money and put your kids, your most precious possession in the hands of a stranger so that they can educate and teach your kids about the values that they have. And this is what's happening. And it's called the school schism. It's a real problem. And we have to watch out for this. I mean, you have to put yourself back in the womb. Let's just put you back in the womb. And you have a choice coming out of that womb. Mom's going to drop you off at daycare every day or she's going to spend all day with you. Which do you want? Or dad's going to spend all day with you. Which do you want? Now, I bet you that 99% of you, normal people, would say, I want mom to stay all day with me. Some of you would say, I want dad to stay all day with me. And hardly any of you would say, yeah, drop me off with a stranger. <laughs> the government wants your kids. They want to educate them. They want to indoctrinate them. They want to brainwash them. It's the child separation policy of 2022 that is totally fine with the people who hated it on Donald Trump. Remember the outrage? Remember the outrage of, of Donald Trump's child separation policy at the border? How dare he? I mean, the parents were going to jail and he was separating the children from the parents' jail time, but it was outrageous by those uh, who opposed him. And they said, never, ever, ever take a child away from his parents. Well, Guess what? You can do that. You can do that in the name of progressive ideology so long as you do it in the public school systems which are paid for by American tax dollars. And and craziness ensues. For instance, uh, Satan clubs are coming. Satan clubs. A flyer was posted at Donovan Elementary School in Lebanon, Ohio, inviting kids to join the after-school Satan club. I kid you not. It's on the screen there. Uh, amazingly, parents had a problem with this, and the superintendent assured them, well, we allow the Good News Bible Club to meet after school, so we can't stop the after-school Satan Club. And the club claims they don't worship Satan, but they simply exist to teach children to, quote, think for themselves. Hmm. I wonder if that applies to masks and vaccine status. I wonder. Uh, I'm thinking no. But this is another characteristic of Satan, by the way, guys. You know, the Bible club was in the school for years, and now Satan's decided that he wants a Satan club. Satan can only ever imitate God. That's all he has. He has no original ideas. You know, Bible schools and in schools, Bible clubs and schools now, Satan cl uh, clubs and schools. Uh, by the way, I just want to say, I'm not intimidated at all by Satan clubs. I really am not, and neither should you. These people are just plain loony. And outrage and overreaction by us Bible believers is exactly what the weirdos want. Don't give it to them. I'm just pointing out, though, that this is where the school system is headed because it's kind of funny that we are here now in the public school system where Satan clubs and furries are a thing. <laughs> A system, though, the public school system, that was ironically developed 
started and developed by Christians in the 17th century in Massachusetts, and most ironically, in the name of a law that established the public education system and was titled That Old Satan Deluder Act, 1674. I put this on the screen. 1674, the Old Deluder Satan Act was enacted or assigned into law in Massachusetts. This is from mtsu.edu. Quote, Massachusetts passed the old Deluder Satan Act in 1647, laying the basis for public schools in America. The Puritans valued literacy highly. They believed all individuals should be able to read and interpret the Bible for themselves. In 1642, Massachusetts had required parents to ensure their children's ability to read. And five years later, in this act, the state mandated community schooling. And then it says this, the religious basis of the act was explicit. The act stated its intention was to, was to thwart ye old Deluder Satan in his goal to keep Men from the knowledge of ye scriptures to this end, the law required every town 50 or more families to hire and maintain a teacher to instruct all children in reading and writing. Towns of 100 or more families were required to support grammar school and prepare students to attend Harvard College. Similar acts were soon adopted in other New England colonies. I, I wonder what those Puritans would say today if they knew that the act that they signed into law, making public education a legislative right for Americans, was now a place where Satan clubs happened and kids identified as furries. I just wonder, uh, is that the original intent of the law? But it's kind of ironic. And it's why there's an uprising right now amongst parents at school board meetings. Parents at school board meetings are showing up at the meetings. They're ticked off. They don't want these indoctrinating uh, uh, ideas being foisted upon their children about gender, sexuality, about hating white people and anti-whiteness curriculum. I mean, it's a real thing. It's happening all over the country. They're showing up the school board meetings. The uh, administration, the federal government called them domestic terrorists while they're allowing criminals back onto the street with these weak-wristed DAs just barely prosecuting real criminals and people are getting shot and killed and slain in public places now. But nope, the real problem, the real threat to America is those parents showing up at school board meetings and fighting for or fighting against the curriculum being opposed upon our children in the public school system. So, you know, this is what's happening because for years, the public school system has shifted both away from uh, biblical values in which it was rooted and started and shifted towards a more collective mindset about kids. Like they're not your kids, they're, they're everybody's kids. And so how dare you try to train your kids the way you want to train your kids? These are the world's kids. So there's another video that's kind of making the rounds on Twitter. Last week actually made the rounds. It's an old video. It's from 2013, MSNBC anchor Melissa Harris-Perry talking about public, edu public education funding. And here's the argument that she makes about kids being a collective enterprise. Watch this. We have never invested as much in public education as we should have because we've always had kind of a private notion of children. Your kid is yours and totally your responsibility. We haven't had a very collective notion of these are our children. So part of it is we have to break through our kind of private idea that kids belong to their parents or kids belong to their families and recognize that kids belong to whole communities. Once it's everybody's responsibility and not just the households, then we start making better investments. Yeah, so that, that video blew up on Twitter, even though, again, it was from 2013. The argument she's making is we need more money. We need more funding for education. And what she said was not terrible, although, you know, you, you take a clip out of context and it can sound a lot worse than it is. 
I disagree with her on a couple of issues. Number one, I don't think that the issue is that we don't fund schools enough. I think that we just don't hold them accountable. We don't hold failing teachers to account. We don't hold failing uh, districts to account. We don't hold failing administrators to account. We just support this failing system through legislation and unionizing, right? That is a serious problem. Uh, By the way, the teachers' unions are now emphatically raising and using monies to support aggressive political priorities and progressive candidates running for office that undermine parental and traditional values. Uh, They have spent in 2020 $30 million in lobbying federal government and elections, uh, supporting uh, uh, candidates for elections to take the government take the school system even further down this progressive agenda 30 million up from just 4 million in 2004 so this is a, a news article i read from fox news teachers unions prioritize radical social and political agendas alienating parents says the report uh, the aft the american federal american federation of teachers published 27 positions or resolutions in 2020 and 17 in 2021. And many of those resolutions took positions on divisive social issues, according to the report. 16 resolutions in 2020 addressed race or ethnicity. Eight resolutions in 2021. These resolutions addressed issues uh, presented by Black Lives Matter organizations, social justice, diversity, and equity. Five of the 34 resolutions in 2020 addressed LGBTQ plus issues, as did three in 2021. The internal resolutions of the AFT show a heavy emphasis on BLM and abolishing, quote, whiteness-centered curricula, end quote, as part of post-COVID education. This is what the teachers' unions are raising money for, to talk about Black Lives Matter and sexual equity and sexual progressivism. Why? Why are teachers' unions fighting not for better pay and better vacation and and, and better health care and instead spending tons of money in the political sphere to enact this aggressive agenda to indoctrinate your kids. It's it's happening more and more. And by the way, some of you are listening to me and you're divided from your kids because of politics. You don't talk to them anymore. They don't talk to you. Do you know what happened? It's not all your fault. If you send them to public school, they got a state-run indoctrination program foisted upon them, and the state literally succeeded in dividing you from your children. That is exactly what's happened. I want to give you another scary video. This is so crazy. This is from uh, Quebec, Canada. Now, this you should be outraged about. This, This requires no context. On a television show... In Quebec, Canada, featuring children discussing vaccine man- vaccine mandates in the country. You know, every once in a while, I think to myself, how did Germany and Hitler so quickly turn the children and young people of Germany into passionate Jew-hating nationalists? How did that happen? Oh, Canada. Canada says, watch this. Oui, tous les deux, on a une seule dose. Ah oui? Puis est-ce que vous êtes d'accord, vous autres, avec la vaccination obligatoire? Oui. Oui? Oh. Ah oui, hein? Wow. On dirait que je les ai drillés, Julie. <rire> oui. <rire> Puis qu'est-ce qu'on devrait faire avec les gens qui veulent pas se faire vacciner? On devrait euh, appeler la police. Ouh, oui. 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 S'ils n'ont pas leur vaccin, ça peut mettre beaucoup de personnes en danger. Fait comme le gouvernement est en train de faire en ce moment, il faut leur couper petite chose à petite jusqu'à temps qu'ils se stannent et qu'ils se fassent vacciner. En tout cas, vous avez, on a des futurs politiciens à côté de nous. <rire> Merci. Merci beaucoup à tous nos invités. 
I mean, that's what's happening right now in Canada. Notice the applause. And I'm sorry for those of you who are listening to the podcast. You can go back and watch the video on YouTube, youtube.com slash Live. The hosts say, what should be done about the unvaccinated? The kids are saying, literally, call the police, cut everything from them little by little until they submit and get vaccinated. And then the host says, it looks like we have some future politicians here. And there's rabid, you know, seals in the audience. See, applauding this nonsense. This is where the cultural West has come because... The educational system has created a divide between parents and their children. And this is why the Biden administration is pushing for more federal government to get involved in educating your children. They don't want you to raise your kids anymore, parents. They don't want you to stay at home, moms. They want you to go get a job so that they can tell your kids what to believe and what to do. And we're going to pay the price because we're going to lose an entire generation. They have these, uh, you know, they want to fund, like I said, preschools. Preschools. And you say, well, what's the big deal about preschools? Because of who shows up to teach preschools. I want to put two pictures on the screen here. This is from Libs of TikTok. Delivering once again, Libs of TikTok, you should follow them. These are two uh, teachers on the TikTok platform whom I'm, I'm sure you can guess are not exactly normal people. I mean, I say that with great care. But uh, here's the first one and what they're posting. You might know me as a gay who... Um likes to lip sync to Brandy Carlisle. He's a preschool teacher. But I'm also um, an educator and a preschool teacher, and I have been thinking about this lately, so I wanted to talk about it. So did you know that young children can totally understand complex concepts such as race and racism? I mean, and then so here a... are some ways to help support your LGBTQ students with very minimal effort. Step one is to normalize pronouns in your classroom. So a great way to do this is at the beginning of your class to use pronouns in an icebreaker activity. So ask for your students' pronouns regardless of their identity. Uh, it goes on and on. I can't watch that anymore. It's the, this is, you know, preschool teachers, preschool teachers, you know, two and three year olds, four year olds, and they're foisting this nonsense. I mean, imagine you drop a kid off two years old. Oh, and they come back from preschool and they say, oh, mom and dad, um, my pronouns are what, what, what on earth? This is insanity. And this is exactly how they're creating that wedge between parents and children. And you Christians, you've got to be aware of this. I'm not talking to non-Christians. Non-Christians, go ahead. Follow the crowd. I don't give a rip. I care about Christians. Christians need to be aware of this. And Christians, honestly, you got to get your kids out of public school. News out of KATV.com. Uh, Denver Elementary School announces plans to talk to kindergartners about sex and race. And this is from the article, quote, a Denver area public elementary school has announced its plan to engage kindergarten and first grade students in a Black Lives Matter at school week of action. That includes topics such as sexuality and race. Why sexuality and race? See, this is why I had a problem with Black Lives Matter, because I knew and you should have known that Black Lives Matter was started by three lesbians. Uh, I think one of them was transgender and they had really not very much interest in um the poor because they've all got mega mansions all over the country now and they were more interested in indoctrinating sexualization of the students of the young people and of the next generation and in large part they have won the war so it's always race and sexuality or sexuality and race that is pushed on these children this is centennial elementary school in the city of denver colorado it says quote the black lives matter school week of action includes a two-week learning and discussion series revolving around quote 13 principles of the blm now look at this next line down later in the article it says this one of the 13 principles is transgender affirming which discusses recognizing trans antagonistic violence another principle aims to generate a quote queer affirming network where heteronormative thinking no longer exists no longer exists 
So if you want to claim, if you want to think that men and women should marry, that's called heteronormative thinking, according to these people, and they don't want it to exist. They don't even want it to be a part of the public school system. It goes on and it says the disruption of the Western nuclear family dynamics. And you basically can just find that exact line on the original Black Lives Matter website. Actually, you can't find it anymore. They took it down. You know why they took it down? Because they found it was not politically expedient. But this is where we are. And my question to you is where do kids get these ideas? Where do kids get ideas like we should do what the government does and basically second-class citizen every person who does not want to take the shot. Where does it happen? It happens in the public education system, and this is our present problem. Yes, the public education system is a community enterprise, but what about when the community is becoming totalitarian and corrupt? What about when it's becoming crazier and crazier? Back one more time to a little bit more of COVID crazy, being foisted upon our children, even through the educational system. Uh, this is out of Boston, Massachusetts. There are They are now sending dogs to sniff out COVID police dogs. <laughs> They're being sent to uh, public schools to sniff out COVID in the school buildings. Yes, police dogs. This is really going to help our kids skyrocketing anxiety issues, isn't it? I mean, could you imagine the dogs? Dogs are coming around to sniff you for COVID and where you sat and 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 there's blue tape there. And it's just kind of ironic. I'll bring you to the article here. It's kind of crazy what's happening more and more. Uh, the title of the article from M M NBC 10 Boston, COVID sniffing dogs help detect virus and surfaces at mass schools. The article says the dogs in Bristol County are sniffing around 15 schools in the area. Blue tape marks where Duke detected COVID in the middle school auditoriums. So while they're not checking students individually, they can find out who's been in the seat and contact that student's parents to see if they want a COVID test. Norton Superintendent Joseph Baita says having this dog sniff people could scare the kids. Quote, I think having them go in and be known as, friend, as a friendly dog and something that can be approached is much more important to the children, he said. Then uh, this teacher, English teacher Joe... Spramuli sees this as a step toward <laughs> normalcy. Sees this as a step toward normalcy? Are you serious? Quote, it's really a priority to keep schools open to kids, to keep kids here. Yes, of course it is. Keep them in the indoctrination centers, Joseph Spramuli. He said, we know that's best for kids. We know that's best for us. So everyone, any steps we can take to keep us safe here, I think are fantastic. This is, this is what's happening right now in public schools sending dogs in to sniff out COVID. And then the New York, I'm sorry, the New England Journal of Medicine, of course, has to constantly indoctrinate. And there, uh, there was a report from the Kaiser Foundation in November 2021 that took a poll of parents in America, said 30% of parents in America that have a 12 to 17-year-old said they will never vaccinate their children. 30% said they will never vaccinate their children between the ages of 12 to 17 or be under 17, I'm sure. So, in response to NIH scholars, National Institute of Health scholars, published an article in the New York, New England Journal of Medicine titled, Adolescents, Parents, and COVID Vaccination, Who Should Decide? Question mark. Like, th this is an entire article questioning the authority of parents over the health care of their children by two scholars in the NIH. All the systems are working together. The health system, big tech, by silencing and censoring uh, dissenting voices. The government, the media, Hollywood, the celebrities, the, the, the coastal elites, 
all are working together to create a divide, a, a new separation policy of parents and children coming between you Christian parents and your children. And of course, never to be left out is the alphabet gang always ready to separate you from your kids. This is from the Daily Wire. An Oregon school launches, launches an LGBT club for fourth and fifth grader, graders. No parent consent needed. This is an alarming article, by the way. Uh, there's a picture of what will they do. They will have conversations about identity, gender, equal, equal rights, social issues that are important to you. Explore LGBT Q plus history and activism, discuss personal struggles and successes, advocate for change in our school and community. And so your kids, your fourth grader can go there and they don't even need to tell you about it. And this article talks about how uh, this woman named Amanda Cook, a social worker, allegedly sent around a sign-up sheet to collect the signatures in one class. Every student wrote their names down, but one boy whose name the Daily Wire was withholding due to his age, declined to do so. The boy told Cook he could not join the QSA club without his parents' knowledge, according to his parents, Arlene Kopal and Zachary Beacock. His parents say Cook told him that he didn't need permission. So the, 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 the therapist or the person, the professional in the school says, no, you don't need your parents' permission. And the fifth grade students who were presenting told him he would be, quote, missing out in front of the whole class. This is now, they're even leveraging peer pressure to indoctrinate your kids, your fourth and fifth graders. The boy stood his ground and according to his parents, told them when he got home, I ain't signing no contract with the devil. Well, I lost it, the parents said. Arlene told the Daily Wire, noting that she is a liberal and thinks the club is not student-initiated like Beaverton School District claims. I'm not homophobic, but this just isn't right. This stuff needs to be taught at home. And she goes on and on and on. Members of the Beaverton Education Association Teachers Union are in support of the club, the article continues. In posts from a private member's Facebook group, educators applaud the QSA club. One member, Jessica Pierce, a union representative and administrator for a nearby high school, according to the union website, said QSA is here to stay. And then look at this last quote here. This is alarming. We have a moral and ethical responsibility to move beyond vague statements of tolerance and direct, take direct actions that show we embrace all of who our children are, including their gender and sexuality identities, wrote Pierce. It is never too early. <laughs> look at that. Never too early to do this work. Never, she says. The elementary level QSA offers all RHS fourth and fifth grade students the voluntary opportunity to connect with each other from positions of dignity and respect. So they, they are not going to stop at fourth and fifth grades. They're going to go right down to third and second and first and kindergarten and preschool. And, and, and your taxpayers, your tax dollars are going to pay to divide your kids from your values. That's what I'm saying. That's what this whole commentary is about. And you need to be aware of it. And then you need to vote properly. You need to vote for people who will stand against this and will fight it. Good news in Florida is the legislature just, legislature just passed a bill uh, eliminating any kind of gender uh, spectrum ideology from being taught in the public school systems in that state. Hopefully... That'll be the first in a long list of dominoes for many states to follow suit because I believe with all of my heart that most parents do not want this for their children. They do not want this for their families, even nominal Christians and perhaps even some non-Christians don't want this. I know Muslims would not want this. Muslims are not with all of this sexual uh, progressiveness. I know that Hindus are not. I mean, this is just 
This is just elite white liberals foisting upon our country and our culture their idea of what should be true and right and what should be not true and right. All this to say, guys, the kids are not all right. They are being targeted. Your kids are being targeted. It's subtle. It's under the guise of equality and diversity and progress, but really it's meant to undermine your parental authority. It's meant to undermine the, the family unit because we talked about this when we were, when we discussed uh, Karl Marx, go watch that video about how he hated the institution of the family, saw it as the number one opponent of bigger government taking care of people. And where does the idea of the traditional family come from? Not from America, not from colonialism, not from Great Britain. It comes from the Bible. It comes from the scriptures. And I want to tell you guys, you parents out there, what is perhaps the most important thing that you can do as a parent, and that is do your job. Do your job as a parent. In the words of the great New England Patriots coach, Bill Belichick, dad and mom, do your job. Like, don't leave this in the hands of strangers. Don't leave this in the hands of the media and the entertainment industry. There is a war for your kids. There's a war for your family. And if you don't parent, the public school system is waiting to do it for you. If you don't have the talk, they'll have the talk. If you don't teach them wisdom, they'll give them the perverse wisdom of this current dark age. And you know, it's so sad because I used to, as a pastor, advocate for public schools. I can no longer. I will no longer. I used to advocate from the pulpit. Look, let's get involved in the culture. Let's get involved in schools. I mean, at this point, I don't think there's any chance of this moving in the positive direction because they are they are ceaseless and they are raising millions of dollars and we're going to need really an act of God. No, I, I, I wanna just kind of restate, an act of God can do anything. God can do anything. God can change and turn the tide and hopefully he will continue to do so as we are seeing in Florida. But nonetheless, it is up to you parents to do your job. Here's a couple of things, give your kids boundaries. Ephesians 6, 4, fathers don't provoke your children, discipline them, teach them about the Lord, uh, give them wisdom from God. Uh, Proverbs 1, did you realize, do you realize that Proverbs is a book written from a father to a son? It says the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and understanding, to understand words of insight. And then verse 8, it says, hear my son, your father's instructions, and forsake not your mother's teaching. Like Notice that it's rooted in parental authority, parents giving their children instruction. And, and, and then give them holy fear, parents. Like teach your children to fear God. Because what does it say in Proverbs 1-7? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Psalm 34-11. Come, my children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. My children need to learn how to fear God. Okay? And I think about what, what, what your children fear naturally is. They fear what their friends think. They fear being accepted. They fear uh, being, you know, liked and, and all that kind of thing. And if you allow that to grow up in them, right, if you don't give them holy fear, if you don't teach them to fear what God thinks over what man thinks, they will follow the crowd. They will follow their friends and they will get into these devastating uh, experiences where they are now divided from you. And you wonder what happened. I don't want that for any of you. Let me also say this, give them to God's purpose. 
Remember that great prayer of Hannah in 1 Samuel. She has no children. Her sister wife has a bunch of children and scorns her. Her, her husband, uh, Elkanah, is an idiot. And he's like, oh, I'm worth 10 children. Well, she goes to the temple and she prays. She says, Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look upon the affliction of your servant, remember me and forget not your servant, but give your servant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. I, I think about how Samuel is born because Hannah said, this is your child, God, not mine. And so many of our parents in the churches today need to surrender their kids to God. How do you do that practically? First, you get them to church as a family, fathers and moms, loading the truck, loading the car, loading the van, get to church every weekend and have it as a non-negotiable. If it worse comes to worse, you can't all get there, well, watch it online together. You know what I'm saying? You've got to do this. You've got to uh, talk about what they're going through around the kitchen table or on the dinner table. You got to engage them on these issues. You got to have conversations. You got to watch the deep end with them. You got to subscribe and like the video. Hint, hint, right? You've got to do it because their souls are at stake. Because listen to me, and I want to share one last thing. It's not just the schools, but the culture at large that is doing everything it can to undermine parental authority and the influence of Christianity. And I want to give you one more crazy example of how they're doing this. One, one more last news item from NPR. In the vein of cherry-picking news stories, and I'm telling you, this is the cherry-picking of all cherry-picks. You know what cherry-picking is? Selecting only certain news stories that fit your narrative. Well, the NPR took on the threat of Christian nationalism in a piece titled, check this out, Christian nationalism is still thriving and is a force for returning Trump to power. This is an article in NPR yesterday. And, and, the, and the article reads, This Sunday, uh, service at Patriot Church in Lenar City, Tennessee, uh, starts out like a lot of evangelical worship, hands aloft, Bibles in laps, full throats singing about Jesus. When Reverend Ken Peters picks up his wireless mic, the service takes a sharp rightward turn. Quote, don't let the mainstream media or the left tell you that we're not a Christian nation. He intones, prowling on the altar, an anti-abortion t-shirt. You know why there's churches everywhere and not mosques because we're a Christian nation. Amen, responds the congregation with gusto. The sermon titled, How Satan Destroys the World, zigzags between familiar grievances of conservative Christians such as abortion and transgender people's rights. But what makes this church different and others like it across the nation is its embrace of the secular agenda of the far left. They believe that masks and vaccinations violate religious freedoms, that the participants in the January 6th Capitol riot were proud patriots, and the Biden administration is evil and illegitimate. On and on and on it goes. So this article is talking basically about a church in Tennessee whose pastor was both seen at and visited the Capitol on January 5th and 6th last year, did not enter the Capitol building, actually has himself on video not entering the video Capitol building saying, thank God I didn't go in. But this is, this is an article published by NPR. This is a full spread on the front page of NPR, National Public Radio News, about a church in Tennessee that, yeah, is a little bit hardline right, a little bit too political, talking about Jesus and Trump as like dual saviors, crazy stuff, like, right? But ladies and gentlemen, it's a church of 100 people. 100 people show up at the church. Here's a picture of it on the screen. And this is worthy of front page news on NPR? But I guess if they love Jesus and Trump and the pastor was a peaceful protester on the darkest day in American history, to them it deserves this much attention. To them, these 100 people are a threat to getting Trump back into office. And that can't happen, according to NPR. <laughs> Twitter immediately did the bidding of making a trend. I saw it on the right-hand side of the Twitter page. 
But this is part of the plan. Part of the plan. Make you think that Christian nationalism is the biggest problem in the world because a hundred people gather in a barn to talk about Jesus and Trump. I mean, seriously. While multi-billion dollar teachers unions fight to protect divisive and sexually explicit content in their education systems and materials. What a con job the devil has done. Seriously. And it's also ironic. It's also ironic that the public education system, which was founded by Bible-believing Christians to instruct children in the Bible and literacy, has now been hijacked by the devil himself, very subtly and very nonchalantly. And just like Israel of old, the nation that was once rooted in the proud traditions of God's word, has jettisoned those traditions to worship and serve at the altar of pagan gods around them. Ladies and gentlemen, fight for your kids. Fight for your kids. Get them to church. Get them to this channel. (laughs) Get them into the word. Get on your knees and pray for them. Pray for them. I used to sneak into my kids' rooms and I used to pray for them when they were little kids, lay hands on them. And my prayer was always the same. Father, I pray that they become mighty men and women, whatever they were, in their generation. Mighty men and women of God in their generation, right? And, And it's our job, parents, to do this. Now, one of the best ways you can do it is to get more Bible knowledge in your life. And that brings me to the deep dive, which is tomorrow at 7.30 p.m. The deep dive is back and we are going through Romans chapter 7. And I want to just tell you flat out that tomorrow's content you are going to absolutely love. You're going to love this content. I love this chapter, Romans 7. It's going to resonate with you. It's going to talk about how we struggle with the flesh and all these kind of things. And it's just going to help. I really believe it's going to help you. So get yourself back here tomorrow night, 7.30 p.m. Uh, again, as always, like the video, subscribe, hit the notification bell. One last verse I want to leave you with. Matthew 7:26. Jesus says, Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like the foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the flood came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Don't let that happen to you. Don't let that be your story. Hear the words of Jesus. Don't let culture shame you as a Christian, as a Bible-believing Christian with values that are quote-unquote outdated or quote-unquote on the wrong side of history or whatever else they want to say. Build your house on the rock of Jesus, on the word of God. And those storms, which will knock down every other house, will not touch yours, will not hurt yours. I believe it. I hope you receive it. And I want it to be true for you. Support the channel if you can at the Cash App, hashtag Tim Hatch Live or timhatchlive.com slash support. support. I thank you for all your support, guys. The Deep End is a product of Tim Hatch Live. Visit timhatchlive.com for swag, for the book, uh, move, maybe this hoodie. You like the hoodie? Let me know in the comments below if you like the hoodie. Other than that, it has been an absolute pleasure to be with you guys. Check us out all across our social media channels. Leave a review if you're listening to the podcast. Leave a review for me. Love it. Thank you for it. A lot of reviews on the podcast. Keep them coming because it helps all the algorithms to help sure make sure that people see the content. God bless you guys. I'll see you tomorrow night.